To Rainbow Beach, to the Switch, and everything in between. I'm gonna have fun, and you're gonna have fun. They're a funny day. Go and have fun now. Your new local. You're gonna love this place. It's the Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam, and Dobbo. Podcast family, Triple M's Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam, and Dobbo for your Wednesday, and this is incredible. Two days in a row. Producer Con joins us in the studio. What is it this time? Back again. <laughs> If you missed yesterday's podcast, we uh, we called you to question about your... You called your... him incompetent. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we just said what's happened to this business that you started up, this flat pack creation Non-committal. business. Non-committal. Exactly. Mm. You started it up, you did one job, and you haven't done anything with it since. Yeah, Your side right. hustle is lifeless. It is It is not breathing. Yeah, that's correct. Did you oh. report him to HR from yesterday? <laughs> yeah. It was really good because he recorded it as oh. well, which is really <laughs> stupid. You've seen how he is actually following through with things. Yeah. He threatened me with a HR complaint. Never <laughs> followed it. <laughs> D- Con, a, a little birdie tells me you've dabbled, you've thought about another side hustle. Uh, <laughs> a little birdie, as you're aware of this. A little so birdie really- tells me that you, Cornelius Mendes, have considered becoming an Uber driver. No way. Have I? He wanted oh, to do Uber no. share. Uber car, car share. share. Uber want, car share. So I'm not on. there, just my car is. You seriously wouldn't do that. Can you tell us Why about not? your car? What year is it? So it's, uh, it's a 1999 Honda Civic. <laughs> it's white. Yeah, it was white. It's got a bit of a ding in the front. <laughs> yeah, it's a more a, a scratch, I'd oh, yeah. say. <laughs> but you know, the good thing is you can put that on one of the... One of the drivers, you know, after someone who's not vigilant enough to take photos at first, get that that paid first. Seriously. So this isn't this isn't Uber, as in you drive people around. I I, the plan was that you the plan was that you would just essentially allow your car to be used by people. Yeah, and they give they give you money for it. Okay. Do you want to share the experience of what happened at the PGA car park? Yeah. (laughs) Because because the little birdie tells me that your car has been rejected. Yeah, so (laughs) essentially, so I was under the impression we all had car parks at the PGA when... uh, We all did. Yeah, yeah, when we went to do the masterclass there, and I drove up and I was like, I'm here for the masterclass, and the guy went... Yeah, no, there's no parking in there, mate. It's all he said. It's, it's players only, <laughs> players only. And I thought, okay, I'm not a PGA player. I'll allow that. Um, it was so really because your car was a ro- shit box. Yeah, I went and parked up the road because I came in after him, and he was like, "Yeah, straight on through. Off you go." Yeah, it, it turns out everyone, <laughs> including the listeners. Yeah, all, all, all had parking spaces. Jeez. So Con was the only one that didn't have a car. No, park. do you know what happened? I actually left my bag at the Royal Queensland oh. afterwards. So I had to walk to my car, realise mm. I didn't have my bag, and then I was like, right, oh, I'll drive, I'll drive there. Back. Yeah, uh, knowing that my name is on the list mm. for sure because everyone else is. He still tried to not let still me. Still wouldn't in. let you in. <laughs> yeah, he was like, no, sorry, you've already tried, mate, and I oh. went. So my great concern for you is, yeah, in this world where we all have side hustles, mm. is that you as a person don't have the wherewithal to actually follow through on your side hustle of this flat pack world. I agree with that. And this. so now you're trying to put your assets to work, being your Honda 1999 Honda Civic, mm-hmm. and that's been turned away for being subpar. Well, also he wants to make money by blaming accidents on the car. So <laughs> what? Is that how you're going to make mean, money through it? I mean, Good idea, Lisa. My <laughs> only question, like I. Pray for your beautiful partner, Rachel, because I can only assume that you'll turn to her next as a side hustle. 
OnlyFans. What, what you suggest oh, there? Oh. <laughs> Only feet. Oh, okay. Oh. You can make a lot of money, Con. Yeah. Do you reckon I could do it with my feet if I waxed it? Oh, please. That's enough. Play him out. Where's the, where's the music? Put the music up. Thank you, Con. They're quite dainty. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this weekend, a huge opportunity for the Brisbane Lions, the women to go one better than the men did. The Brisbane Lions AFLW side is into another grand final. Their fifth AFLW grand final. They're going to take on the Kangaroos at Icon Park. And we are joined by one of the superstars of this team, someone who knows what it is like to taste AFLW Premiership success. Orla O'Dwyer, welcome to the Rush Hour. Hi, thanks for having me on today. Hey, Orla, congratulations. Um, I, I'm so excited for you guys to be in another grand final. Must be terribly proud to finish the year off like you have and, and given yourselves a real chance of claiming another flag. Yeah, definitely. It wasn't long ago, I suppose, this time 12 months, we were, we're in a grand final against Melbourne here at Springfield so I think that one still hurts a lot and mainly the same team as well with a, with a few extras in so great to get back to this position we're so looking forward to it down in Melbourne home of footy it'd be a great atmosphere down there and against the new team North who've never played in a grand final as well we're all super excited here and can't wait to kick in. Ola the Lions have so much experience when it comes to grand final as Liam mentioned being in five you've won one with them what's it going to take to get this one over the line because we need a little bit more transaction we know need another win out of that fifth grand final. Yeah definitely um that 2021 um success was phenomenal and I think as I said like the majority of that group um we're a very young group but we have a lot of experienced players, lots of players that played plus 50 games, plus 75 games, as well as just buying into it as well, trusting that the person beside you is going to give it their all. And I think these past couple of weeks, we've really come strong at a great time. And we know there's more to give and more to come against these hard oppositions. And I think we set ourselves up really well after our prelim last weekend with such a high pressure intensity game from Geelong. So that will really help us going forward this weekend. You go back to earlier this season, all of the first time and only time you've taken on the Kangaroos, brand new side this year, a two-point win down in Tassie. I mean, does that breed confidence or does that make you wary of this side that they've probably only improved since that matchup? Yeah, it's definitely, um, I suppose, like start of the season, you're still adjusting to, I suppose, new personnel on the team and, and trying to figure out what your style is of footy. So I think for us and Kangaroos as well, we've definitely both improved as the season's gone on. And you can see that with Norris as well. They've really stepped up and beaten some of the best teams in the comp. As well with ourselves, we've really stepped up as well. And I think we've really dished out and, and evened out the spread of consistency with the different players on our team. So we're looking forward to a rematch. I know that was kind of a game of two halves, I think. North got the better of us in the first half and we came back fighting in the second half. So um, it'd be interesting to see. And there's definitely not much between the teams and good equal matchups as well across the board. So um, it should be a good one. Or just how can you give us a bit of background? I know you were born in Sydney, but raised in Ireland. How proud is that Irish community uh, overseas and, and, and the support that you get from over there? Do, do you get much now? Yeah, the support back home has been amazing. My parents, family, friends have all... Um, tuned into the games. I think the grand final this weekend is actually on at 3.30 in the morning, so early start for them. I don't know, will they stay up and drink through it or will they just get up and set the alarm? But yeah, definitely lots of excitement back home and um, the support has been phenomenal. 
Well, you can watch the grand final for anybody out there interested. This Sunday, you can watch it on Channel 7 or you can hear Triple M's coverage through the listener app. Triple M going to be calling the AFLW grand final Icon Park this Sunday, 1.30 down in Melbourne. Ola, as we let you go, can you just, back in 2022 when M Bates, your teammate, took out the AFLW Best and Fairest Award, your coach, Craig Stasevich, did a shoey. At the Crown Palladium in Melbourne, in front of uh, everybody in attendance, what can we expect out of Big Stars? Should you guys take out the Premiership this Sunday? Yeah, I suppose it's hard to top this year. I didn't even know that existed until before I came here. So um, you'll have to really pull out all the work. Maybe drink some Dax's shoe or someone like that. Oh. Oh. Uh, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Here's hoping we have a reason to uh, see Craig Stasevich drinking out of a shoe Sunday afternoon. All our Dwyer from the Brisbane Lions, best of luck for the grand final this weekend. Thank you. and Thanks for having me, guys. Here it is. I want your honest opinion. Everyone's favourite game. Take it away, Dobbo. Do you guys think I'm being unreasonable? Well, this one, I think I'm going to have you all on board. I have never asked you all, cats as pets, where are we well, at? I don't mind them. Yeah. I'm all right. It's not my first choice. Dog's my first choice. Cat's okay. Liam? Yeah, no good. No oh, good. you're never a no You're, you're not a cat person. I, I just, look, if my daughter or son said, I really want a cat, I'd say, great, we're getting a dog. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a cat person. Um, my wife happens to be allergic to cats, so we're not getting a cat. Well, allegedly, anyway. Either way, we've had an issue in our family, and it's with my brother. I don't talk about my siblings. I've got a brother, Tim, a good bloke, lives in Sydney. They put their cat down yesterday, oh, Miffy, 17 years of age. 17? Yeah. Wow. Oh, that must Miffy. be hard. Two years too long, I reckon. Like, oh. Well, he's been he's like not great you know, for a long time. Anyway, when they rang up to say Miff had died, I was, uh, yeah, oh, well, 17. You know, like it's like. You know, not being rude, but when somebody dies of of, of an older age, 98, 99, it's mm. like they've had a good innings. Yeah, you know, good, like, yeah, you know, good run. You know, I, I, you're a bit heavy-hearted, but, you know, they won the gold lotto, really, um, compared to others. Well, that caused all sorts of dramas in my family that I didn't show it up. It's like a son to them. I said, you've oh. got a son. You've got Jack. <laughs> the cat's not your son. And, and you should have shown more empathy to me and our family. It's a sad day. Like the cat, oh, 17. This I, is your I, brother I, saying brother, this to yeah. you? And I just would like to say, I've never, I, I will just do this while we're talking. 17 cat years, what compared to human years. So I'm just going to do 17 cat what years. Is, is the cats the same as dogs? One to seven? Ca- 17 cat years to human years yeah. would mean that it's 70, uh, would mean that it's 84 years old. Had a good innings. Had a good innings. Had yeah. a good innings. Yeah. That's a justified. Like, I'm sorry. Um, that's 84 in the human age. Yeah. Mate, above average. Yeah. No need to be upset. It's like my Way dog, on. Nev. Nev is getting on in age. He is a staffy, so he probably lived to about 15, but he's getting close to that. And I'm conscious that one day he will go. Yeah. But I'm preparing myself but for that. Will you... So I'm not... I will be devastated when sure. Neb dies, of course, because sure. he is like yeah. Yeah, he's family. And will he's those family. close to you? But act, I, I'm act not going to be worried if you don't if you're not empathising with me. Oh, like, we'll I empathise with you. No, but I don't think you need to. I don't think you need to show. I think it's fine. Can we just? We know famously, Dobbo, you have a tone problem. Can we just? There could have been an issue. Run with through. Can we just? Can we just reenact? Like on one of the crime shows. Can we just reenact the okay. phone call for a moment? Yeah. You, All right. So I'm calling you. Me. I'm your brother, Tim. Yeah. Right? Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Hello. Uh, hey, hey, Ben. It's it's Tim. Yeah, what's up, brother? Oh, mate, it's just been a really difficult day. Um, The cat. 
Miffy. Miffy's passed away. Yeah, how old was it? Oh, she's 17. She's 17. Okay. It's sad, but play on. Good innings. Yeah, and insane. Okay. That was a bit quick, mate. <laughs> That's what I said. Play on. Yeah. Good innings. Yeah, I think if you watch the tape back. <laughs> Maybe I am being unreasonable. He also finished the call with, when are you getting your next cap? <laughs> Big news for the fish and chip lovers out there. And who... Who doesn't love fish? Lisa, before we get to this story, Lisa, what's your fish and chippery order? What do you got um, for? I do love a bit of flathead mm. and I like it crumbed. Crumbed flathead? Um, yeah, I don't want deep fried. I like crumbed flathead. Small um, chips? Small chips and a bit of a side salad. Side salad? Yeah, I love it. What's the order of fish and chippery? No, oh, just fish and chips battered. Battered? Yeah. Do you get in? You go in for the tarte, potato tarte on the side. I love a scallop. Oh, yeah, I love, love a scallop. scallop. Mm. Yeah, tarte on the side. I am a, I'm mad for uh, the seafood stick. Put it in every order. The Did crab stick. Do you know what's in I don't care. Oh, I don't okay. care. And oh. that's the point, Lisa. It's because a mystery. That, that is the point. And for some reason, they want to change all that. New rules that look like they're about to come in effect for the uh, fish and chip restaurant and takeaway will mandate that fish is labelled. Where yeah. it comes from. The origin of 100%. the fish is labelled. I love this. Yeah. I love it. A means that it's Australian. Yeah. Beautiful. I means it's imported. Yeah. Okay. M, mixed origin. Oh, yeah, that's right. risky. Oh, yeah. mixed origin. See, I love that because that's when processed. you go to buy barramundi, it doesn't necessarily always come from Australia. Quite often it's farmed yeah, farmed overseas. So I'm very happy to support Australian when it comes to knowing where it comes from. As I am like I. This. I have Seafood Industry Australia is on board. They, they're pumped. They've been, um, right. they reckon they've been campaigning for 15 years Fantastic. to get this to come in. Yep. And I, I'm with, I want to support the Australian yes. fishermen and the fisheries industry. I love it. Yep. My concern is for my beloved seafood stick, crab stick, whatever oh, you want to call it. Oh, where did it come from? Because I think that thing is going to be stamped with the biggest M <laughs> <laughs> you've ever seen in your no, life. No, you know what it is. It'll be M-M-M question mark. Mm, don't know. Yeah, you're right. Oh, wow. It won't be an M. It'll be a question mark. Yeah. It'll just be an emoji of hands shrugging. Like, I don't know. It's like the box in Mario Kart with the question mark in it. You don't know what's inside it. And I don't need that in my life. I don't need that guilt when I'm chomping down on a crab stick. Just blindfold when you go in and just go, the crab sticks. If you're throwing off batter around anything, it tastes good. You know, why do you You'll need to, right. you know. It's not even crab. Don't anyway, worry about it. Shout out to all the uh, the fish and chipperies that have got to embrace this in their packaging, but... Just leave the, Support Australia. leave the seafood sticks alone, would you? I don't need that on my conscience. Well, this could be one of the best jobs in the world. I mean, I always thought we had a pretty good job. Mm. But when you get paid to taste test new releases of beer, you've been kissed on the butt and you've gone to heaven. That's, <laughs> well, that's we don't get seriously. beer included in our job, no, so, so that's not there. Sucks. Uh, <laughs> we are so lucky to have Lance Masterton. He is the co-founder and brewer at Noosa Brewing, and they are looking for a person that has some really quality attributes to taste their beer. Lance, good afternoon. Thanks so much for being with us. Oh, look, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Tell us about the job you've got. Yeah, well, it's a bit of a cracker. Basically, at the end of the day, the job is is to be here at about 8 o'clock in the morning on the, on the days that we actually package our limited-release beers. The job for the successful applicant is to uh, take the first beer off the line, open it up, put it into a glass, check it for clarity, look at the, the carbonation, and then savour it. You know, if it takes five minutes and if it, geez, if it takes two beers, you take your time and make sure that this beer is right and then... They look over to us and give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down. 
So a wine taster is a smellier. So what is a beer taster? Do they have an official title? A bloody legend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, um, it is the, the same sort of courses that's done through through the wine tasting as well. When they're looking to try and taste test a beer and give it and understand, what is one looking for? Yeah, look, it is all about balance. Um, you know, there's, there's a number of flavour components that make up a beer, um, alcohol, hops, malts. And look, we are looking to get a balance between all of that. That's where the applicant needs to have had um, some good time in their in their history drinking a lot of beer to actually understand <laughs> that balance. Yeah, run us through this, Lance. What exactly do you want from this person aside from being able to uh, crack a beer? What and what are you offering to these people? Yeah, well, look, it is uh, four hours a year. Um, <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> so basically, every uh, every quarter we look to uh, release a new limited release, mm-hmm. one hour each time, and two hundred and fifty dollars an hour. Also offering a full uniform with the role and lunch each time they're here in our tap room at um, Heads at Noosa Brewery. Oh, twenty five bucks an hour, uh, two hundred fifty bucks an hour is very good. But mm. would you look at Contra? product (laughs) (laughs) look absolutely (laughs) a pallet of beer would go a long way to bloody pallet well i mean (laughs) so you have to have a refined pallet in your mouth for a good taste of beer do you have to be a good bloke or a good woman to go with it oh look absolutely being fitting in as part of the team is, is a massive component um, along with good communication, um, that uh, they both they'd both go a long way to being part of it. When you were talking about balance, I, I don't know anybody that drinks a lot of beer that's got a lot of balance, balance. balance at the end of it. Like, like, you're only you know, getting like, one. <laughs> yeah, you, don't well. need, you don't need a whole case of it, Lance. I do. I just want to flag something um, because there's a there's a there's a former um, handy cricketer that was keen on the role. Is there, is there an issue if you've been involved in fracas up in Noosa that might preclude you from this gig? No, that's probably preferred. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> pup clock, you can, you can register your interest, pup. They're no, not... heads in Noosa, it's a good beer. It's, yeah. uh, okay. it's, it's a very, so very good beer. So how, how, how do people apply for this ridiculous job, Lance? How, this chief <laughs> beer tasting officer, how do they apply for this? Well, there's links out there on our uh, social pages, and mm-hmm. basically that leads you through to our website career right. page, um, right. and there's an application form on there. Are you looking for three assistants to the chief beer tasting officer that might be able to work remotely for you on these limited I release days? never say never to that, right. for sure. I'm good yep. with a charcuterie board. Can I help you put that together <laughs> for your beer taster? <laughs> that could work well in, in conjunction. That'd be great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, there you go. Lance Masterson, the co-founder and brewer at Heads of Noosa Brewery. They are after a chief beer tasting officer. Literally taking the piss and drinking it at the same time with this job. This sounds too good to be true. Uh, if you want to get involved, you can head to their socials and, and click on the link. Lance, best of luck for searching for someone to fill what I think this job will be filled very, very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to meet the uh, successful applicant. And uh, th- Thanks, guys. Thanks for your time. Uh, look, I, over the weekend, I did a bit of a clean out of my garage and there's been a bit of a journey, I guess, with a piece of memorabilia that, that I have. So my parents have all my memorabilia on their wall framed t-shirts, framed swimsuits, flags, like Olympic flags. But there's one item of memorabilia that has, I've been quite distraught that I haven't been able to find it in the move that they moved house, I've moved house. We've completely lost this piece of memorabilia and it's really important to me and it's a Sydney 2000 bouquet. So we were given a native bouquet when you won a medal in Sydney 2000 and I had it treated and it was really expensive to get them treated to make sure that they would last a really long time and they're in this beautiful frame. 
throughout the move, somehow we've lost this frame of flowers and it was devastating. It was actually getting to the point where I was quite worried that it was going to turn up on eBay, that someone was oh, going to really? sell it. Yeah, I thought either someone had stolen it in the move. There were no boxes left on the truck. We we turned everything upside down. In it, meant, it meant that much to you? It was huge because because it was my first Olympics home games and they were all Australian natives. So all the flowers you were... a bottle be- brush? Yeah, there was all of that. Oh, Eucalyptus has everything eucalyptus. in it, and it's really stunning. Um, <laughs> Name another one, Dobber. <laughs> gum. Uh, a wattle. Native gum. A wattle. Gum. Yeah, so it's um, it did mean a lot to me. And so finally, over the weekend, we found them. They were in a box with yeah. broken memorabilia, which was on the list that I had of there. We mm. thought, you know what, let's open it. It was right at the bottom, found it, opened it. Oh. My mum nearly cried. I nearly cried that we finally found this bunch of flowers but it was not only that, I think I've got a real problem. Yeah. After a lot of digging and going through so much junk, I think I'm an actual hoarder. <laughs> I think I've just got too much stuff. What do you mean? What, hoarder of what, gear or hoarder of Olympic gear? Well, when you make teams, so it's Olympic gear, you get given a whole wardrobe full of clothes mm. because you've got a couple of jackets, probably 10 different shirts, pants, shorts, akubras, all yeah. sorts of stuff. You get amazing stuff. I've kept it all. I have no idea what to do with it. Also, alongside that, you get given toys. So when you win oh, events, yeah. you get given a stuffed toy of whatever is that. They Olympic. were give, at Sydney. They were giving out the uh, Ollie, Sid, and Molly. The, yeah, the mascots. and you can buy them in the souvenir stores. But yeah. I have them because you get given them as medalists. I have probably about twenty bags of those in those vacuum bags. I've got four suitcases from the four Olympics. Dobbo, let's see if we're mind melting here because I've got an idea. What are you thinking? Oh well, there's a Teddy Run coming on in Ipswich. In, <laughs> is it, it, it literally Ipswich. The, the the motorcycle club has got a Teddy Run, a Christmas run where Do they go they around and deliver teddies. Oh, I'm just saying. That's a lovely what better, thought. Whatever better than going and doing a teddy run oh, with all the stuffed teddies that Lisa Jones has won at every Olympics? Like, there'd be that's... a lot of teddies. And oh, just side note, I know two not eight-month-old boys <laughs> that would love a teddy. I reckon Ella Daisy might like them. She'd like a teddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah she'd like a teddy. I'm, I'm on the same page oh, with you about I was about actually else. thinking, because not just the toys, Lisa, if you've got all these uniforms mm. and all these other things like your flowers and your medals and all the rest of that. There's the Don Bradman Museum. Is, Let's start. Oh. Don's got one in Barrel. Don's got one in Barrel. Redcliffe. Thorpey's hey. got a pool down in Sydney where some of his memorabilia is. All she's I'm got a, saying She's got a street. The peninsula could do... With well, these BGs way a museum, a Liesl Jones museum, <laughs> and you could have it in a milk bar. And when I die, you can stuff me and put me in there. Now we're talking, <laughs> Taxi you? Yeah, <laughs> or like Walt Disney and put me in a cryo freeze, <laughs> and I'll just watch over everyone. You know what? You joke. We're going to work on this over the break. I actually think there is something in 2024 that we could be cutting a ribbon at a Liesl Jones Museum. If you're a local business in Redcliffe that's struggling with your business, interested in it, we know how to get people and traffic into your shop. Adding a Liesl Jones wing, doesn't matter if you're the butcher or the baker, we can stick it on this side. There is a brand new film. Uh, set to come out tomorrow, in fact. This film's called Uproar, and it takes you all the way back to 1981, over the Dutch to New Zealand, where back then there was this battle going on between the races, the Springboks were coming over on tour, and what was going on in South Africa at the time. It has all the ingredients for a wonderful film, and that is what they have made with this brand new film, Uproar. You nearly sabotage everything. We want protesting. They told you you get expelled from school. I hate that school. I'm a Māori surrounded by white kids. 
You don't know what it feels like to not fit in. You know this way's faster, right? I think I've ruptured my gluteus maximus. It is impossible to rupture your ass. The film is uproar, and we are joined by the star of the film, Julian Dennis, and welcome to the Rush Hour. Hello, hello, hello. I have seen so many interviews with you. What number interview <laughs> is this? And out of ten, how sick of you of you talking to people like us? <laughs> I am not sick of being on Triple M Rush Hour, baby. Let's go. <laughs> You've done a million it. though. It's been great. The more interviews I do, the more money we get. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you do. Unbelievable story. I remember my parents. In 1969, my dad was in the grandstand at the SCG supporting the Wallabies take on the Springboks. My mum was on the hill protesting against them. It was such a divide. And they're now divorced. And they say probably that should have been the sign (laughs) back then that they shouldn't have been. But your story and the story that you share is quite unbelievable in along that, that it is about your national brand, which is the All Blacks, and the changing of what went on in your nation? Yeah, I think it was very similar. I remember talking to my parents about it and mum was like, yeah, I was in Hamilton. They're marching and dad was like, yeah, I was trying to watch the game and (laughs) and they're still together. They're not divorced. Um, (laughs) But I think it was really important for New Zealand and I think it was just such a shock to me learning about it for this film and going like, man, I didn't really learn about this in school or I haven't really heard a lot. And then I did a family screening and my aunties and uncles, they come out of the cinema and then my cousins and we're like, man, that's crazy. Like, I can't believe that happened. And all my aunts and all my uncles, they're like, yeah, that happened happened like that was a thing that happened and not really not a lot of people talk about it and it's not really taught and I'm excited for people to watch this because you know coming off the back of a world cup that we're never going to talk about again (laughs) (laughs) we don't want to talk about it either we're not not really happy either I think it's just important and I hope people will leave the cinema like wanting to learn more and talk about it and, and everything that's happening. How wonderful, Julian, that you get to be able to tell this story from Kiwi side and you get to experience and share those stories that the world gets to see now in a very what looks like a really uplifting story, which the world really needs right now. How amazing mm. is that to be able to share such a wonderful Kiwi story? Yeah, I think it's super important. I think especially for New Zealanders and, and, and Australians, something that is told a genuine story about how it was back then I think this film's not going to fix everything and people aren't going to walk out of the cinema like I need to change the world (laughs) what it's going to do is just be like oh man where what can I learn from this and how do I have honest conversations with the people around me and how do I learn and how do I understand you know like listen to understand not listen to respond and 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 I'm really I'm really excited for people to see it just ahead of Deadpool 2, Julian, you, I mean, you said this movie might not change the world, but you described yourself as an actor who wanted to change the world. Do you still, is still, is still that the goal you set yourself as a, as an actor? I think so. I think in everything I do, I want to change the world. And I think, which is something that's really stuck with me is my parents always ingrained to me. It doesn't matter what you do, as long as like, you know, you change, you change your world. And I think, which is super cool is I think, you know, if I can do film and I can speak to like one person through this film, then I, that's, you know, that's changing a world, I guess. I'm not trying to sound cheesy. Or like, <laughs> I'm not trying to sound like cool. I'm just saying like, I just want to, I think everyone's goal is to change the world. Julian Dennison, who is the young actor, the star of the brand new film Uproar. It's set to come out tomorrow. It tells the story of the controversial 1981's tour of New Zealand by the Springboks. And obviously what was going on in that country at the time led to uh, a racial divide in the country of New Zealand back in 1981. Did you get to talk to any of the players 
that were involved in that game. And, yeah, it's very famous. If you're a rugby supporter, everybody remembers that game in 1981. And, mm-hmm. and there's a couple of incidents where rocks were thrown. Like, it is actually lucky that no one was actually killed from the protesters. Did you manage, when, you, when you're researching this, Julian, when, you, when you're talking to it and being a rugby fanatic, did you get to talk to the, anybody that was involved in the game? We wanted to, and it was it was it was hard to. But I think which was cool was Hamish Benner and Paul Middleditch were the directors. We watched like a lot of archival footage. We talked to a lot, and even like I said, talking to my parents and stuff who were there, and talking to like people who experienced it, experienced you know the flower bombings and and the throwing the rocks, and it was hard. It was it was like it's crazy to think that like politics and sports were so like infused at that time. And then I look now and I'm like, oh, it's kind of still the same with a lot of stuff when you think about it. Yeah, the world doesn't change that quickly, does it? Julian, you are a 21-year-old now. I am one of your biggest fans. I loved you from Hunt for the Wild of People. It's easily one of my most favourite movies. But your journey, you've just come so far now. You're a bona fide Hollywood actor. Have you looked back on your acting career so far and think, I started off at 14 in Hunt for the Wild of People and here I am now, like just living the Hollywood life? Yeah, I think so. I wouldn't say Hollywood life. You know, I flat with my brother and I still do the dishes and... (laughs) Love that, mm. down to earth. I just had to pay a bunch of money to get my car serviced yesterday. Oh. So that was in, the end, but, in this um, economy, yeah. Yeah, I know. I was like, damn, I need a new cam belt. That's so annoying. Um, <laughs> I think I just feel very like blessed and very honoured to be able to work with great people. And, you know, if you even want to do anything, those New Zealanders will cut you at the knees and they'll be like, you're humble, get a tea towel, go wash those dishes. Um, <laughs> Julian, but like you've, Sam Neill is now, you know, you've worked with Sam. I mean, you work with Minnie Driver on this film, who's, Hollywood royalty. Uh, you've obviously worked with Ryan Reynolds. Do you pinch yourself? Do you pinch yourself? Like, if you're, I mean, you know, I know you're the you're a professional and you're focused and you want to change the world, but do you ever allow yourself a moment to sit back and go, shit, I just did a scene with Ryan Reynolds dressed as Deadpool over there? Yeah, I do pinch myself and um, I think I just got to be like, man, just got to stay professional. <laughs> <laughs> Never. And you're like, I can't ask for a photo because I'm. This will release in a year and I won't need a photo because people will not. Yeah, you just gotta be you just gotta be thankful way. Eh? And and I remember like doing this and working with Minnie and, and just being like, Wow. I was just saying to them, You're a great person and they're like, You're a great person as well. Like, I know you're lying, but thanks for <laughs> Love it. I can't wait for this movie it's uproar. Going it's going to be really wonderful. I think it's probably going to be one of those coming of age stories where you leave and you go, I just feel so much better. Comes out on November 30th. We can't wait to see it. Julian, one quick favour. I am a huge fan of the New Zealand drink Lemon and Pyro. But yeah. whenever I try and explain it to Australians who never, I, they fail, I can't properly convey what exactly the this taste? drink is. Can you help yeah. me here? I feel like when people say like, LMP and like lemon pyro, mm. I feel like they feel like there's going to be a lot of lemon taste, but there isn't a lot of lemon yes. taste, right? I feel like imagine like a imagine like a ginger beer with less ginger and like a more of a sweet taste. I, that's the best way I can describe. Wow, it. That's excellent. I want some. That helps me. You talk about getting your car serviced. What model and breed of car is it? I'm just I'm fascinated. Okay, so I uh, I have a Volkswagen right now, and I'm not a fan of European cars. Um, so I have a Volkswagen Polo, and the cam belt went out, and the spark plugs are dead. So. <sighs> I'm getting that done. And once that's done, I'm going to sell that to my brother. <laughs> I want to buy, and I want to buy a non-European car. Go and buy a Toyota. I, Subaru. Go and buy a Toyota. Yeah, I want, to buy a, I want to buy a Toyota or a Subaru, or I wanted to buy my dream car, and I, I said I hate Europeans, is a BMW E30. Yeah, oh. just buy it. Those M3s are too bloody expensive, so I'm looking at like a three- 
uh, a 325i or something. But hey, we'll see what happens. Hey, it's all a journey. Julian Dennison, get back to the dishes, mate. The film is called Uproar. We can't (laughs) wait to see it. Thank you so much for your time on Triple M. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Triple M, Josh Howard, Lisa Jones, Liam and Dobbo. We're almost done for you Wednesday. We are being inundated with calls from... (laughs) Redcliffe-based businesses interested in the Liesl Jones Museum. Oh, mate, if you've got a struggling business and you want to actually start to generate some income. You know what? If you're a declutter expert, please give us a call. We might chat to you tomorrow because uh, I feel like I need an expert We could to come do in. that. I also like the idea, Liesl. I know, Hold it, Liesl. We do know, not give anything we away We know you've had here. your issues with your sleep this year because of your ghost. Oh, yeah. I feel if there's a bed shop or a mattress factory oh, yeah. on the peninsula somewhere, oh. I feel like the Liesl Jones suite. We could we could deck it out like it's your childhood bedroom. No, you know what? Put me in a convenience store in the chocolate aisle. I'll be happy. That's fine. <laughs> I was thinking a milk bar. Yeah. yeah. Corn jack and a whoop burger with a lot. And while they're way cooking it, they go on a <laughs> Is tour. Is it for me or you? Me. <laughs> so you can visit me. me while I'm there. about me, Jones. <laughs> we got to get out of here tomorrow on the show. Another chance to win yourself a Christmas ham when we play our festive edition of Under Pressure. Until then, Lisa Jones. Ciao for now. Tomo. Farewell, my neighbours. We will see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. This is Triple M's Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam and Dobbo.